It is about the expectations and the agreements with every single member of your team. If I looked at your organizational chart and I looked at your accountability chart, I'd want to know, have there been clear expectations and agreements set with every player, every position on your team? Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. Thrilled to be on the journey with you. What an honor it is for us to be a part of your Remarkable CEO journey. Thanks for being listener to this Remarkable CEO Podcast. If you are not a subscriber, I want to encourage you to subscribe. I know for me that the podcasts that I subscribe to, I love it because they are constantly being brought to me. And like every remarkable CEO, information should flow to you. In other words, you don't have to go get it. It should come to you. So I encourage you to hit that subscribe button so that you have this podcast delivered to you every week and you're able to continue to stay abreast with all the information that we continue to bring. Man, I love listening to our podcast, Dr. Stephen. I'm not just saying that. I get a lot of value out of it because I spend my life working with associate doctors and business builders and remarkable CEOs. And I find that this content is so relevant. And again, it's timely. It always seems to be the right thing happening at the right time. And there's always a handful of people that need it right now. So thank you for being a listener and again, for being a subscriber. And also, I'm going to encourage you to share. You know, this is a big struggle for so many of your colleagues. And our theme in our marketing theme, if you listen to our podcast regularly, a few weeks back now, we did a series on marketing. We talked about internal marketing that our theme for 2021 is who is the one in 2021? So my question for you is, who is the one? Who is the one person that you could share this podcast with in 2021 that would be a value add to them in their life. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there that if you would share this with your brother, with your sister, colleague, that would just be just an amazing gift to them. We would love if you would do that. So thank you in advance for helping us spread this message about becoming a remarkable CEO. We're in the midst of a five-part series, and this is part three. So if it's the week, this is hump day. We are in the middle. We're going to accomplish this, and we're going to jump over the hump of what it can be a pitfall and often is in the associate doctor relationship that we're going to avoid, which is unclear expectations and agreements. And we know that every successful, long-term, healthy relationship, it starts with clear expectations and honest agreements. And so this is going to get into a little bit of the granular of the job description and the contracts but recognize that this is part three of a series where the series began with us answering the question of how do you hire that you want to make sure before you hire, you have clarity around exactly what you are trying to accomplish. That was the first one is the objective number one, answering that question. The second pitfall to avoid is how do you interview, how do you recognize and hire a rock star associate doctor. So once you're able to do those first two things right, avoid the first two pitfalls, so you can't speed ahead and get to this one, you've got to do those two. And if you haven't 
then I encourage you to go back and listen to those previous two episodes in this series. Then that leads you to this third, which is the unclear expectations and agreements. How do you avoid that pitfall of the unclear expectations and agreements and all of the things that will happen as a result of not getting this right? The pitfall here is significant. It will be magnified ultimately in the relationship usually ending badly and everybody gets hurt. It's a lose, lose, lose. So how do we avoid that? Well, we're going to start right at the beginning with clear job description and the contract. Dr. Steven, this is a question that comes up all the time. So it's one we're going to get into here today. Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be a slow down to speed up conversation. This is going to be one of my favorite things, the hard easy, right? So doing the hard work on the front end, so it's easy on the long tail. I mean, we have the pleasure of seeing how this, when this goes well, how great this goes. You know, So if so many of our coaching clients who have put awesome associate doctor relationships in place, and they're enjoying an incredible dynamic. They're inc- they're seeing the scalability that comes when you have this relationship set up properly where they're able to give more, serve more, love more, make a bigger impact and make a bigger income. They see the durability that comes when you can actually make a bigger impact and a bigger in- income, even in your absence when it's not all on your back, right? So in creating that durability when having an associate doctor and having a really solid, successful associate doctor relationship in place, right? So we've started each one of these by saying, this is wicked hard (laughs) or wicked hot if you're from Boston, right? But it's worth it, right? So you just have to do this right. And one of the most important things to get right is setting up clear expectations and agreements, which means things like job description, contracts, compensation models, et cetera. So we're going to jump all over that today and make sure that you guys just listen to those first two episodes if you haven't got to this point, because you literally, you can't make good decisions around job descriptions, expectations, and agreements if you don't have clarity around exactly what are you trying to accomplish? What does success look like? How does your practice run? What's your practice model? What do you want the associate doctor to do specifically to help you achieve that success? Like, like what is their role? What are they going to be accountable to? And finally, what's the exit strategy? strategy. Where's this relationship going to go? How does it end? How does it end for you? How does it end for them? You need to have all of that information and total clarity around it so that you can do any of these steps well, right? Or you don't stand a chance at getting this down, right? So please, if you haven't listened to those first two episodes, listen to them once we finish this one, or maybe double back and listen to the three of them in a row. It's up to you. Today, we're going to be talking about specifically about expectations and agreements. And you you heard Dr. Pete say it, all successful and productive long-term relationships always start with two things in common, clear expectations and honest agreements. So you've got to show up as the leader, as the employer, the person that's bringing somebody into your house, into your practice, being super clear. Here's what I expect you to do. You have to establish that clarity for a team member, any team member, but definitely for this team member, for the associate doctor. You've got to know, man, I'm going to expect you to do, this is going to be your role. These are the primary functions that I expect you to fill. Are you going to expect this person to be a doctor that's focused on attraction and marketing and bringing new patient leads into the practice? Like exactly what do you want them to do? What role do they play in internal marketing and internal lead generation? What role are they going to play in external marketing, external lead generation, digital marketing? What exactly do you expect them to do in marketing? If anything, it's got to be outlined and it has to be written down. 
If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Martini taught me that 15 years ago, man, and it saved my life more than once. Or maybe it's conversion. When you look at it, it's like, what role do you want this doctor to play in conversion? In the new patient process, day one, day two, day three, just creating value, building value, compelling people to take action and to commit their resources and invest in them accomplishing their goals, committing to care, converting to closing care plans, you name it, however you want to say it, conversion process. What role do you want this doctor to play, if any, right? Is it just the day one process and assisting you in the conversion, or do you want them to actually take patients all the way through the day one, day two conversion process? Will they be giving recommendations for care? Will they be discussing finances and financial plans, et cetera? The details of this have to be identified. And then there's the retention components. Will you expect them to be creating value, educating patients, delivering healthcare, driving better health outcomes, building value for continued care? Will they be more on the retention side of things? Or are you one that's sitting there saying, actually, I want them to do all of the above, right? There are no wrong answers other than I don't know. If you don't know, that's okay. Just hit the pause button because you're not ready to bring on an associate doctor quite yet. This is so important, Dr. Steven, and we continue to revisit this as we have identified that getting the right team built is the highest priority for a remarkable CEO. It becomes about your team, and this is why this part is so important, and this applies not just to hiring an associate doctor. This conversation applies to every relationship with every person on your team. It is about the expectations and the agreements with every single member of your team. If I looked at your organizational chart and I looked at your accountability chart, I'd want to know, have there been clear expectations and agreements set with every player, every position on your team? It is so important because I'm thinking through this concept of starting strong. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of times it feels like it starts strong, but then all of a sudden something changes. Have you heard that happen before? Where it was like the honeymoon phase of the relationship where it was yeses and smiles and willingness and all that at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, after you know three months, six months, nine months, this person, things started to change. I don't know what happened to them. They became a different person. What happened to them? And I'll tell you what happens typically. The reason why these relationships go sideways is because we didn't start strong. That's why they don't stay strong. We actually didn't start strong. And the reason why is because we made some assumptions at the beginning. We did not have clarity. We did not start with the end in mind. We did not do this job well. I'm a guilty of this. This has happened to me. So I know this from experience. Like we said, this comes from scar tissue that don't be wooed by the thing, the reason that everybody's happy and they're excited to be there and things like that because I didn't do my job well. And this, I'm speaking to you as a CEO, this is your responsibility to get this part right so that this relationship can be a win-win-win. Starting strong enables you to stay strong, meaning keeping a strong relationship, having that relationship endure. And the role is so important to get right. And this is what is the objectives for the position. Why does this position exist? It goes back to that first question. The first pitfall to avoid is what is the objective? What are we trying to accomplish here? And are you crystal clear on exactly what that is? That will help you determine what the role is. You've got to be clear on the role so that you can hire for that, that position. And so again, going back to the sports analogies, this goes back to if you need a running back, there's a very specific type of person that you want to put in that need that you have, that fundamental role. You don't hire a wide receiver to be a running back. They might take the ball a few plays and you'd be like, wow, this is working out really well. They're super fast. But then they get hit twice and they're done. 
because they're not built through durability to get tackled like that all the time and to run through the middle of those huge linemen. They're designed to go on the outside and run down and go super fast and catch balls and run faster than everybody else. That's what they're wired to do. Just because they can carry a ball and run a ball doesn't mean they should be the running back. So identifying what's the parameters of this role, right? So that's really important here and identifying that. And we talk about three things. Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do it? That's the reality is, do they have that? That's the role, the objectives of this position. Why? Well, because this is what I'm going to be accountable for. I will be accountable to this. And so every one of us wants to perform well. We all want to succeed. And every person you hire, you want them to win. You want them to succeed. And if you get the role part right, you will see them winning. They'll be bringing their scorecard to the monthly meetup and saying, look, I am, I'm hitting all my objectives. I'm not only on target, I'm ahead of target. That's what we want. We want to see the priorities, the top five priorities for every one of our team members. We want to see them hitting those things and saying, I can do this. Wow, I definitely can do this. And like we talked about, and again, going back to Demartini, the 80-20, you know, 80% as good as you is a really good place to start right there. Just because this person is can only do it, well, quote unquote, 80% as well as you can, that's actually really good. Eventually with training and time, they'll be able to do it just as well as you and, and hopefully even exceed what you were able to accomplish. So understanding with the job description and the roles and responsibilities to understand that you don't necessarily have to find someone who can do it better than you ever could do it as a doctor role, because this is a doctor position. And we as doctors, as CEOs, we're very particular about what we're looking for in our doctors, because we're thinking about it through the lens of who we are, recognizing that role that they're looking to fulfill. They may not be able to do it as well as you write at the beginning, but understand that with time and training to get them up to speed. And if eventually even go to go beyond above and beyond what you were able ever able to accomplish and having the humility to be able to bring on a players, people that are going to excel in this area, in this role and within the context of that responsibilities. And Dr. Steven, the way that we do that well is we have written down, as you said, and that's the value of a scorecard, which is a tool. If you've heard us talk about this in previous episodes, it's a tool. It enables us to have this relationship managed well, right? It enables us to start strong and stay strong. The way you stay strong is you have tools and you leverage tools like the scorecard where my objectives are written down. My hot top priorities are written down. We're regularly revisiting it. There's visibility. There's accountability in the meeting rhythms that we've got created. Again, these are CEO things that we're talking about here, CEOs. And it's incredibly important that we get this right. The job description is critical. That enables us to identify who it is that we're bringing on and make sure we get the right person in the right seat. Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. This brings us right back to the energy equation, right? Which is the law of the jungle. Your practice, your business will always be a reflection of your energy, your team's energy, your associate doctor's energy, right? So when energy's up, the practice is up. When energy's flat, the practice is flat. When the energy's down, practice is down. We all know it to be true. What you may not know is there's actually an equation for this, right? So 
E equals MC squared is energy equals money times crucial communications, right? So E equals MC squared is something that you should have on your mirror. It should be on your dashboard on a post-it note, right? So you something you should be looking at all the time because as the CEO docs, that does not mean chief everything officer, right? It means chief energy officer. Our job is to be conscious of to driving, be sensitive to, aware of, and influencing the energy of our business at all times. You have to be able to see this E equals MC squared and see that it's this is something that's practical and something that you can actually put into motion, right? So the M is the money piece. The C squared is the crucial communications, right? So these expectations and agreements are one of the five crucial communications and making sure that we are writing these things down. We have these conversations at the start of the relationship so that it starts strong, so it can stay strong, as you said, Dr. P., we have a whole slew of tools that we use inside of the Remarkable CEO program, inside of the Remarkable Associate Doctor program that actually help us create the written records of these expectations and agreements that drive this accountability, drive this visibility that protects the energy of the relationship, right? Scorecards and KPIs are two of those. Now, the other side of that, the other multiplier here on this side of the equation is the money piece, right? So E equals MC squared. The M is the money piece. You got to get the money piece right. And I'll tell you what, this is the one that everybody talks to us about, right? So they want to know, what do I pay my associate doctor out? Time out. There isn't an easy answer. There is not a one size fits all answer. And you should be careful if anybody tries to give you one. We have constructs. We have heuristics or rules of thumb to follow. But each one of these constructs aligns with a very specific model, right? So a model that calls for a very specific type of doctor, what we call an avatar, right? So lines up with a contractor job description and a compensation plan. Like these all have to align guys. It's all about alignment and wherever you have misalignment, it's subluxation. That's where you have stress. That's where you have breakdown. That's where you have pain and failure. So we want to make sure that we get all of these things lined up, right? So it's the job description, that comes with a set of responsibilities that calls for a very specific individual. It's a type of person that's going to flourish in a given model that's going to come with a certain compensation plan, right? So what you have to recognize is there's primarily two different types of chiropractors when we talk about responsibilities or roles in your business. We categorize them as business builders and caregivers, right? So the business builder tends to be that doctor that's more focused on attraction and conversion. Of course, they're going to do some retention as well, but their priorities are on building the business, bringing more business in. So more attraction, attracting more leads into the practice and conversion, right? So committing, getting people to commit to care, closing care plans, et cetera. So they're ilk, they lean more on that entrepreneurial side where they bring people into the practice. They tend to be more outgoing, more extroverted, more dominant, right? This is a person that loves the idea of, I like to market. I like to get up in the front of the room. I like to, I'm really into bringing people into the practice and converting them to care. That's more of the business builder. The opposite side of that spectrum is the caregiver and the caregiver. They're typically one that's more attracted to and energized the work, like delivering the healthcare. This is a person that's like, I love to take care of patients. I love to adjust people, deliver healthcare. I'm into my technique. I love to educate people. I like to change paradigms and equip people to get better health outcomes, right? So they're the person that's usually more on the retention side of things, and they lean more on the value creation, 
and the long-term relationships, right? This is the business builder versus the caregiver. They have different job descriptions and different compensation programs that they flourish inside of. I think it's so important, Dr. Steven, that you talk about the alignment and the aligning across all the sets, the stages of from the model of the business to will determine, you know, the type of doctor to will determine, you know, what type of role you know, they're going to be doing. And it's so important that we get this right. So understanding that there are, again, two types essentially that we're really looking at placing here. One is the business builder and two would be the caregiver and identifying what that is for yourself. So even as you're listening to this, and again, I want to make this very practical for you. We want that for you. So if you have associates in your practice right now, let me ask you a question. Who do you have on your team right now? What roles do you currently have? Have you brought in a more of a business builder? Were you consciously aware of that? And that's what you have in your practice right now. And that's exactly what you need. Or did you bring in a caregiver? And did you do that consciously? And, And is that what you need? Assess. One of the first things we do is we assess. So I want you, as you're listening to this series that we've been doing, so this is part three of the five. And if you haven't listened to the others, again, like we said, make sure you go back and you listen to those. But assess is one of the first things that we want to do is as CEOs, we assess so that we can make a plan and we can prepare and then we can execute. The idea of executing the successful hiring then onboarding of an associate is really what we're talking about here. And again, it's identifying who it is that belongs In other words, it's a belonging thing. It's getting it right. And there is a right fit for your business. And again, Dr. Steven, you have said this, but there is a way to find out because some of you may not know, like, who should I have? Like, what is right? And again, it's going back to the stage one, which is determined by the objective, what you're trying to create. And that will determine who is the right person for this. You might listen to us and say, I think I want this. But in reality, that's actually not what's going to be best for your business model. What actually serve you best is a different it might be a caregiver versus a business builder or the other way around, depending on who you are and how you test, maybe how your team tests based on what other current associates you have or what you're looking to create here. So it's really important. And I love that we look at it through the lens of the domains of the practice attraction and knowing that if I'm going to bring in a business builder, they are going to be stronger in the area of attraction. That's going to be part of what their job description or role can, is comprised of actually bringing new business in. And that would actually be something that energizes them. Talking about energy again. Energized by the fact that I get to bring in new business. That energizes me. And by the way, I am then equally, I'm rewarded and compensated because of that. You see that? So I love this. This is what I want to do. It's what I'm good at doing. It's something that I'm, again, I get to do it and I want to do and I have the capacity to do it. And so that's what I should be doing. That makes sense? And then the second would be conversion. Now, conversion would be, I love to sell chiropractic. I love to get people to make that big decision of saying yes and making the four agreements. It's the ability to have someone meet with someone and have them be able to say, yes, I agree to my problem. Yes, I agree that these are the goals. Yes, I agree this is the path. Yes, I agree to the plan. To be able to do that successfully it takes a special person to be able to do that. They have to want to be in that moment, want to be in that environment of getting decisions. It's a decision-making appointment. They love that decision process and helping people come to decisions and are great at helping people make the right decision, the best decision, which is to choose health, right? And then there's the other piece of the, the domain, the domain of retention, in which, again, if I was to say anything here, it would be, this is probably an area where so many of us could grow. We have room for improvement. 
and imagine bringing somebody on your team who is an expert, you can be an expert at retention. How valuable would that be to your business? Having somebody who actually is great at educating and adding value and promoting chiropractic. Imagine somebody who's strong at developing and, and building and sustaining these great relationships with the people in your community and people in your practice. The retention person is such an important strength, such an important skill. There's a high level of maturity that's needed here to have great retention. There's a high level of capacity you have to have to love people and serve people and to be able to, to work with large numbers of people over extended periods of time. It takes a special person. So that's the role that they would fill. And they would be like, yes, this is what I'm gifted at. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I love to do. I love developing these relationships. And like you said, Dr. Steven, these compensation that directly is connected to that, to my role, to what I'm gifted at, to what I love to do. But again, remember, you're looking at it through the lens of the actual domains of the practice. These are the things that have to be done for this business to run and be successful. And again, that person then finds that right spot on the team. So again, so powerful. If we can get this right, watch how your business grows. Yeah. You know, I want to speak to, you know, really a very broad audience here because some of you might be sitting here and be like, well, actually I already have an associate doctor in place or multiple associate doctors, or, you know, two of them seem to be thriving. One of them's really underperforming and, you know, let's face it, we're pissed off, you know, at the one that's underperforming or resenting that person, whatever. I want you to just go time out for a second and just and think about this sort of reverse engineering it, you know, to say, I've got this person, they're great. I love them, what have you, but they're underperforming, whatever. I feel like that they're good at this, but I'm, man, I'm just tired of this. Or man, I think they're lazy over here. Or man, for I've been pounding them with training over here and they're just not producing. This is like, you know, usually Dr. B, you hear stories like, man, I bring this person in and they, you know, they never refer any new patients in. They, they're they somebody who just, man, they, all they do is adjust. I love to hear that. I'm like, all they do is adjust. They come in, they adjust, they leave. It's like, listen, time out. <laughs> you know, that person is a caregiver and they're worth their weight in gold. So if you start looking at it and saying, you know what? put the right person in the right role, expecting them to do the right work the right way, set up their KPIs the right way, and just recognize the value that they deliver to the practice. You know, there's one way to look at value delivered to the practice is as the business builder, bringing more people in. That's how you build value in the business. You, that's how you grow the business directly. The caregiver is somebody who actually increases the capacity of the business, right? So now not only are they taking some of the load off of you as the owner, but they've increased the capacity of the business. So you've gone from seeing 250 people a week and carrying the load yourself to maybe now you see 375 a week, right? And they're seeing 125 of those. And next thing you know, you say to yourself, actually, as the owner, I'm really good at attraction and conversion. I might bring in another caregiver and now we can go to 425 a week and I'm only adjusting 125 of them. They're each seeing 150, right? So next thing you know, you start recognizing, wait a minute, this is a business and we can certainly help you grind on those numbers and arrive at a business model and a money model, a compensation model that you'll look at and be like, oh my gosh, how come I didn't see this before? You know, most of our clients, when they get their compensation plan right based on the role of the person, they see that and they see the value that they're driving. They see how profitable it is. They no longer resent that doctor. They go back out and they try to hire a copy of that doctor. They get their practice model and compensation model right. Next thing you know, they have two or three of those caregivers and they recognize now what I have is a business and they see the profitability of that. So, you know, if you're a doctor right now that's like already have the associate doctors, you may need to look at this and reverse engineer this thing and do a bit of a pause and redo and undo. And if you borrow from the sports analogy, 
if you're upset at this business builder because they're not attracting a bunch of new patients into the practice, it would be like looking at the quarterback and being mad at them because they haven't caught any touchdowns this season, right? So it's like, listen, my job is to throw touchdowns, not catch touchdowns, right? So you don't get mad at the kicker for not having any sacks this season, right? So that's not what they do. That's not what you brought them onto the team does. So as soon as you change your frame of mind around this, you start to recognize that God only makes geniuses. Our job, our opportunity, and our responsibility as a CEO is put the right people in the right work, doing the right work the right way, and setting up a compensation model that makes sense for how this person is hardwired, right? So what is their role? And how are they hardwired to be compensated? They want to be compensated a different way. Dr. Pete, there's divergent ways to compensate these people. I don't want to get down into the quagmire of numbers and percentages. We can certainly help doctors with this. But here's the high level on this is the business builder. They're the doctor who wants to go out into the community, attract more new patients in, convert them and take care of them and build the business. It's like running a practice inside of your practice, right? So that's the business inside of your business. That doctor is going to be hardwired to say, you know what? I want to have a big upside. Don't give me a ceiling, right? So I'm not as concerned with my salary. I want a fair salary, but what I want is I want to get rewarded for my success. So the busier I get, the more I want to get rewarded. What they want is big upside potential. And if you were to just give them a set salary, that would stress them out. They would underperform and eventually leave you. Okay. And that's the pain involved there. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, you have the caregiver. The caregiver, what they like is stability and predictability. They want to come in. They want to deliver great health care and they want to get paid fairly and equitably for that. They want to feel like they're really valued and recognized for the service that they deliver, and they want a solid salary. Now, the upside potential, the if-then scenarios with the bonuses, and if you do this, then you'll get that, right? So that actually stresses them out, right? So they want to know, I'm going to get paid this, I'm going to get 110% of me, and your job as the CEO is to make sure that they're in an environment where there is health care for them to deliver, that's what you're hiring them for, to be a caregiver, right? So you want to make sure that you establish a very strong, very fair salary for that person. And you know what? They resonate well with, hey, as the business grows, the whole team did a great job. Yes, there's a bonus in there for you. That incentivizes them well. It just makes sense. But ultimately, they're not driven by money. They're driven by the stability and the security with knowing that they're going to get paid well for delivering great work. Dr. Steven, this is such a, a critical conversation. And I feel that we have done just a really good job of helping you today identify, you know, what it is, the differentiation between the roles and how that works. And so again, this is part of a series. And if this is something that is an area where you feel like you're in the wilderness, you have some questions, you have very specific questions that you want to have answered, we're here to help you and we can do that shoot us a message. We'll add a link to our calendars here with this episode. Shoot us a message and let us know how we can support you and help you with this. Remember, this is part of a five-part series. In part one, the pitfall that we are committed to avoiding is hiring before you have clarity around exactly what you're trying to accomplish. That's step one. We have to have clarity around exactly what you want to accomplish. Step two is how do I interview, recognize, and hire Rockstar DC? Answering this question so important. So make sure if you haven't double back and listen to that episode or re-listen to that episode. And then here today, 
It's all about avoiding the pitfall of having lacking clear expectations and agreements. So you do that by having clear expectations and agreements and having a written down job description and contracts. Hey guys, that's the the wrap of part three of this series. But remember to tune back in next week as we pick it back up with part four and pitfall number four, which is all about one of our favorite topics, which is training, equipping, and optimizing your associate doctor for success. Until then, have a remarkable week and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.